Okay, so this week's parish is parish's buddy. Okay, so if anyone wonder, is wondering why we're talking about tefillin, if you can take a guess, the mitzvah of tefillin is in this week's parasha. So I'm just going to go, I'm not going to go through the whole parasha in detail, but basically the parasha starts off as follows. Parasha starts off with the last three makos, and then the Jews leave Egypt. And throughout the parsha, the Torah tells us a few different, many different mitzvahs. And I'll, I'll, I'll list you a bunch of the mitzvahs. Vershchaydash um, is a mitzvah that the Jews got at this time. Carbon Pesach, right? The carbon that they bring on Pesach, that's very self-explanatory, why that was necessary. Um, and then Pidin uh, Haben, redeeming your firstborn. Son, Pidin redeeming the firstborn of the animals of the of the chamar of the of the donkey. Tefillin, Tefillin was given in this week's parsha. Sitz, um, was not given in this week's parsha. I'm sorry. Um, mezuzah, mezuzah was 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 spoken about. So all these different mitzvahs were given in this week's parsha. It's very very interesting to try to put these together and figure out what the significance of all these different mitzvahs are. Okay, so. Now, the, now we're going to ask some more questions, okay? Questions are as follows, okay? First of all, the first question we discussed, all these mitzvahs have one common denominator. They're all, we call it Zecher Yitzhak Mitzvahim. They're all in commemoration of the exodus of Egypt, okay? Why do we have so many mitzvahs to commemorate the exodus of Egypt? In fact, mitzvahs that aren't given in this week's parasha are also commemorate the Yitzhak Mitzvahim. We, we said before, um, Tzitzit, it's not a Mitzvah Parsha. Also, Zecher Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We say it in Shema, the last Parsha, the last chapter of Shema. Um, uh, by, uh, right? It's the last part of the Like Hashem took us out of Eretz Mitzrayim. We say, um, every time we say Kiddush on Friday night, right? Say Zechari Yitzias Mitzrayim. Say all the all the 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 Mayadim, all of the Yamim Taivim, all the holidays, all the Jewish holidays. We keep on this theme of Zechari Yitzias Mitzrayim, commemorating the Exodus of Egypt. So right. So I think the the theme right now is pretty obvious. Why is it so significant? Why is Yitzias Mitzrayim? Why is the Exodus of Egypt commemorating and remembering the Exodus of Egypt so important? The holiday of Pesach, right? Even I'll, I'll say the the most uh, the most uh, lost, so to speak, people who are so lost. The land, one of the the things that almost everyone holds on to, almost everyone as as far um, off the beaten track as 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 you may be, is Passover. Pesach. Passover is is kept by almost every single segment of Judaism. As right, Passover. Right, everyone goes. Everyone goes. Uh, Goes right, goes very, very. Uh, I call everyone goes mashuk over Passover, right? You go buying your 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 uh, matzah mill and the and a shavit matzah, right? Everyone, 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 as far as far left as as you may go, everyone does Passover. Why is Passover so significant in Judaism? I was using that as an example, just but clearly it's it's very very significant. Okay, that's the next part of the puzzle. Okay, and the the the. Fine. Okay, I think that's good enough. There's a, many other other 
and many other questions, but they're all the same question, and they're all going to build up the common theme. The same question, but the same idea of what's going on. There's something very, very significant going on. And I will uh, share with you something which I, I, I've never done before during the Parashat class. We're going to attempt to do it today. Just read to you inside, translated, a Ramban. Okay, so the Ramban, I'll discuss it outside, just in, in, in very uh, um, general idea of what the Ramban is trying to tell us. And then we will uh, figure out, and then we'll try to read it, at least read most of it inside. So the Ramban tells us as follows. There's two parts of Amuna. So anyone know what Amuna means? The word Amuna. Anyone shoot any anyone he says faith. Anyone else have any good answers? What does the word Amuna mean? Truth. Proof? Truth. Truth with the T R U Truth. 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 And you say faith. Anyone else? I'm I'm just, I'm taking I'm taking everyone's thing. It's ten people one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Confidence. Confidence, okay. Anyone else? Faith. If anyone recently faith. went to like a real Asia Torah yeah. meeting? And those, uh, they, I'm sure they faith. Very good. That's, that's the classic, uh, common Earth Scroll translation. I think that's what it was in general. So really, really, I think that that, that the word amuna. It's not. I'm not. It's not me. I'm not the first person to say this. The word amuna does not have an English translation. And I don't want. I, I'm not a, a major scholar in how to express this and explain this in English, and and explain this very clearly, but I just want to bring out a few basic ideas, and we'll try to, hopefully that, and at least that will be clear. The idea is as follows. Right? The idea is that emuna means that we believe in Hashem. Now, belief, also belief means that, that it, it takes a certain amount of belief, right? And what emuna really is, is, is understanding that Hashem exists, right? And knowing that Hashem exists, but we can't prove it 100%. Why not? Because if we could prove it 100% guaranteed, then it wouldn't be a mitzvah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be difficult for us. It would be, it would be so obvious, it wouldn't be a challenge, right? So the way God created the world, he put, created the world in a way where circumstantial evidence, I'll, I'll call it, will, if anyone has an objective view and has a, it's truly searching the truth and truly searching the MS, objectively, circumstantial evidence will just, everything will point in the right direction that there's a God in the world. But nothing specific can actually prove it definitively. That's really what Amuna is. So now, how to explain that in one word? Everyone, uh, shoot, go, go for it. But that's what Amuna is. Amuna is understanding without a shadow of a doubt that God created the world and God runs the world but not necessarily being able to prove it with one specific thing. Rather, everything points in the right direction, right? That's what Amuna is. It, it takes a certain amount of belief, takes a certain amount of faith, but it is something that is guaranteed and it's definitive. It's very clear. It's not a, a, a belief, so to speak. I believe that the, the Cardinals are going to win this year. I believe... That's a, that's, a, that's a leap of faith. I believe it. Right? But there's nothing that I could actually point to that, that points in the right direction, right? Even if he's, they're the best team, but the second best team is, is pretty, pretty good, right? 
there's nothing that will prove without a shadow of a doubt, right? But when with the way God runs the world and the proof that Amun, that's what Amun is. It's fine. Okay. Now the, the, the Ramban goes and explains that there's two parts to Amun. There's two parts to believing Hashem. Okay. The first part is believing that Hashem created the world. Okay. So believing that Hashem created the world is the first tenet. I think tenet tenets go to right. The first tenet of Judaism. You got to believe. That Hashem created the world. Right? Everything, everyone's, uh, that was not very controversial, okay? The second tenet of, of Amunah of belief is that Hashem runs the world and he continues to run the world till this day. And, and that's what we call different words for it. We call it either Hashkacha Pratis, he watches over every little thing, every little blade of grass that grows a millimeter higher. Hashem is keeping an eye on that grass. Every person, every earthquake, every single thing Hashem keeps an eye on that. That's we would call Hashkacha Pratis. Um, in, in the in the in the Svarim they call it Hashem is the Mashkiach. He is someone who's he sees and he controls over the whole and he watches and controls over the whole world until this day. What's the question? The creation continues. So not necessarily the creation itself continues. Per se, every single thing that happens is directly connected to Hashem's wish, which means that Hashem didn't just create the world and then let it run as, so to speak. Rather, every little thing that happens in this world, every earthquake right, that happens, every tornado that happens, every little thing, it's not just uh, the world is going crazy, right? Every little thing is a plane and everything goes according to Hashem's plan. That's the second tenet of, of Amuna. It is two parts. So the, for the first part of the Amuna is, is, is very clear. Hashem created the world in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Can anyone guess what we do to commemorate or at least to remember the creation of the world? Anyone going to guess it? Shabbos. It's, Shabbos. Very good. Shabbos. So Shabbos, we celebrate, we celebrate if, you, if you wish. We celebrate. We, 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 uh, we actually, it's called a Shimer Shabbos. We actually sort of guard Shabbos. We Keep Shabbos, in or as a way to 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 remember that God created the world in six days and He rested on Shabbos. Which means that we're commemorating the creation of the world and the fact that Hashem created the world and the fact that Hashem created the world in six days and on the seventh that He rested. All of that is built in to when we keep Shabbos. So when we keep Shabbos, it's all a connection of just remembering God created the world. And God created the world with his divine word, and every single thing is all built in the Shabbos. The question is, what do we do to commemorate? I'll rephrase that. How do we remember? How do we put it into our heart and into our brain that Hashem still controls, and Hashem is in charge, and he deals with the process every single day, Right? So we don't, Shabbos won't tell us that. Shabbos only tells us that Hashem created the world. But what do we have in our daily life that, that reminds us, so to speak, that Hashem is still actively involved in every single thing, right? The Shema. Very good. Shema is one thing. And anything else? Any other ideas? So blessings of the food can be something. Blessings of the food is, is, is a thank you, so to speak, to Hashem. That, that he, 
he gave us the sustenance or he gave us the different fruits and everything like that. It doesn't necessarily talk specifically to the fact that he's 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 still involved. But yeah, it's a very nice it's a very nice idea. I hear that idea. But the reality is, pardon me. Shimon Esrei, part of davening. Right, so Shimon Esrei is, is a tefillah, so to speak, which means that we're asking Hashem for different things. It doesn't necessarily talk about all the the all the all the hashkacha protests, but it's more like a, a prayer where we're asking Hashem and thanking Hashem for the different things that He does for us. But the the first answer that you said about about Shema, that's definitely the right answer, and we'll we'll get into that in a minute. If anyone has any other suggestions, I'm going to make a bracha on my team. Amen. Okay. <coughs> now, this is where the Ramban, the Ramban comes in. Okay, I'm gonna, I want to adjust the camera because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be lost for the next 20 minutes. So, second. Okay, so here's... Okay, so here's the Ramban. Hope you guys don't mind that I'm going to be lost. I'm going to be reading. I must have put it on the standard. Yeah, we'll try to read like this. Okay. Here's the Ramban. <clears throat> We're going to read it inside. This Ramban is, is so famous and so integral into the, in the emuna of, of, of our life that, for just as an example, my wife, when she was in high school, she had to memorize this Ramban. And when she did an interview to go to seminary in Israel, they actually gave her a, the question that they asked her on the interview, on the entrance exam, I guess, was asked her to repeat this Ramban. So all of you, if you remember this Ramban, you could go to seminary. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and you could become a core rabbi, maybe. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it and translate it. I'm not going to go through every single word because it's very long. Uh, this is something that's very, very important. Hinayim, behold. Sherish and mitzvah is nice. He's talking about tefillah. Okay? Sherish, the, sherish means a root. The root of the mitzvah. Why is it called a root? It's a whole long uh, explanation. But even if literally the root is the, is the, the part of the tree where it gives the tree sustenance, so to speak. So even the roots are, are so to speak, they're buried under the ground. You don't really see the roots. You don't really... Uh, See the the reasoning of the mitzvahs. A lot of times we do mitzvahs, we don't necessarily know why. But the roots are what actually gives all the nutrition to the tree, right? So the reasoning behind the mitzvahs give the, so to speak, I'll call it the nutrition to the mitzvah, and gives it all the uh, the meaning. Sometimes we we we, we bury the the meaning of the mitzvah. We just do the mitzvah very superficially. If anyone has, by the way, an art school chumash, I just want to point out. I don't know if you'll be able to follow it with me. He doesn't have the Ramban inside. But on the bottom, they have a very nice, the end of this week's parasha, they have a very nice synopsis, very nice, uh, is it again? Uh, they paraphrase the Ramban, and it goes through it very nicely. So either you could do it, if you do it with me, you're not going to listen to me, but I'm not going not gonna to take it personally. But if you look at it after, you'll definitely get a good, uh, good review. He doesn't go through every single detail, but he goes through basic gist of it. Anyways, I'm going to go to the Ramban now. Hine, Sherish and Mitzvah is like 
the root of this mitzvah of tefillah. So I just forgot to point out one thing. <clears throat> one thing I forgot to point out. Our tefillin, if anyone knows what's inside, does anyone know what's inside our tefillin? Did anyone here open up the tefillin? Good. Oh, we didn't. We don't, know, we don't open up our we don't open up our tefillin. But when they, but when they, it's, it's actually very interesting because there was a cipher, there was a sofa here a few weeks ago, and he was checking tefillin in St. Louis, and he said that he found more than once where there was a scammer that that sold someone tefillin, and when he opened up to check them, they were actually empty. <gasps> so yeah, it's a good thing to check the tefillin once in a blue moon because oh. at least before you whatever. Anyway, that's a very it doesn't usually happen. You don't have to be nervous. He checked thousands and thousands of tefillin in his life. He said he found it like three times. But still, three people. Very scary. Anyway, in our tefillin, we have four pieces of parchment, four parshas, four chapters in the Torah, and one of them is Shema Ahavta Eis, right? Shema. The second one is Vahayim Shemaya, which is the second chapter of Shema. And then the third and fourth parshas are from this week's parsha. Which talk about the exodus, the Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, right? And the 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 first one is 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 Palishli Galvachar, which talks about the Pidina Ben, how the Vacharim, Makas Vacharos, which is the last Maka, where all the firstborns got killed, we have a the, we have a mitzvah to redeem our firstborns because they're so to speak they're so to speak uh, sanctified, they're holy, for Hashem. We redeem them, and it's sort of like a commemoration of the Makkah Bacharis, which is the Exodus of Egypt. And then the last one is 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 the Hayek Kviyacha, um, and uh, which is uh, which is talks about which talks about the 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 mitzvah of telling over Yitzias Mitzrayim to your children, which is basically talking about the mitzvah of Seder night, of talking about the mitzvah to your to your children. Those are the four parshas that we 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 write in the tefillah. <coughs> so now let's see the Ramban. Cherish and mitzvah, the root of the mitzvahization, and yeah, sav yitzis mitzrayim. That we write on the parchment the parsha of yitzis mitzrayim al hayad on the tefillah on our arm, v'al harish, and on your head. Here's the tefillah harish, the two tefillahs. Kineged haleiv v'hamayach. They go connect, go next to or or opposite the the heart, which is right next to the arm, and the brain, which is right 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 next to your to your uh, on your tefillin, so basically on your brain. The lave, the heart, um, is is we always we we, we always connect to kivus to our evil inclination, things that we want to do. Everything that we want that feels good, so to speak, all come from the heart. The, the knowledge and the machshava and the, the 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 knowledge and the the idea of what is good and what we know is right is comes from the brain. Right? So even just in in, in, in classic, uh, I wouldn't call it psychology. I don't know anything about psychology, but I just use the word psychology. Things that we know are right. Right and wrong come from the brain, and things that we want, that feel good that we want feel good or feel bad, they come from the heart. Right? Well, we break someone's heart. Right? It's emotional. Right? 
Right? Those are the things that come with the So those are the two things. The, the, the brain, which is the, which is the machshava, the, the knowledge and the, and the thoughts, and then the lay of the heart, which is the, evil, the inclination. Those are the 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 parashas of Yitzias Mitzrayim. This mitzvah, Mitzavinu, we are commanded to do. To put them in our tefillin. Okay, we're commanded to put in our tefillin the remembrance, the remembering of Yitzias Mitzrayim. Means we are commanded to put the, so to speak, Zechir Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, the remembrance of Mitzrayim, which we said many mitzvahs talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Right? We, just, um, we, said, we listed a whole list, right? Every time make Kiddush on Friday night, and Yom Tev, so all for Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. So that also goes into our tefillin. Parashah of Shema, Vahayim Shemaya. What about the Parashah of Shema, Vahayim Shemaya? to put them also in our in our time because these are the mitzvahs of yichud these are the mitzvahs that tell us all of the the they remind us of that Hashem is one Shema Yisrael right Hero Israel Hashem Alekeinu Hashem our God, Hashem Achar, Hashem is one, right? That's Shema, reminding us Hashem is one, and we say all the mitzvahs, how when we do the mitzvahs, we get tons of schar, we get rewards, and if we don't listen to the mitzvahs, we get punished. That's all in Shema. This is the sherish, this is the root of Emuna. This is the root of what we're talking about the whole time, Emuna. Okay? I mean, if anyone's following in the Ramadan, I'm skipping two paragraphs. Now, I'm going to tell you now, now he, he kind of touched upon tefillin, now he's going to say, and this is the cause of a lot of mitzvahs. When Hashem created the world, Hashem created the world, everyone believed in Hashem, it was very clear. And then it started getting, we'll call it fuzzy. Okay? There's a famous um, period in time, it was called Dar Enish, which was, or, or, which was uh, before the marble, before the, the Great Flood, it was, was, it was before, before Noah was around, and when they started um, um, doing idol, idol worship, and they started worshiping idols. Okay, so they started... Um, in Kaifer, um, they started. They threw away Hashem, and they started believing in idols instead. And there were a few different types of idol worship. Mehem Kaifer Be'eker. There were those that disagreed, that threw away everything. I guess today's day and age would call them atheists. I guess, but in those days they weren't atheists. They were idol worshippers. They just didn't believe in anything Hashem, any part of God. The, the world came. First, so to speak, poor God. God, if he did exist, he, he's a creation himself, and that's where you end up with, with infinite, the, the world is infinite, so to speak. The, the, that's one of the, the, the ideas of evolution, of evolution, is that the world is infinite. There's no uh, end to the world. Well, there's no beginning, I should say. 
the world started infinitely, I don't know how, whatever, I don't want to get involved in that, I don't really understand it so much. Okay? I think you meant that now, the world finite had a beginning, no, we, no end. That's what people who are not observant and believers in a Rabboni Sha'olam, that's what they believe. No, I think it's, I, 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 I think it's the, uh, the other way. I think that we believe that the world started and the world is finite. Now we believe, I think this is probably what you meant, that God is infinite, God yeah. has no end, but the world itself is finite. The, the atheists believe that the world itself is infinite. The world itself never had a beginning. So therefore the world came, so to speak, before God. Or if there's a God, the world still came before them. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get involved in that. But either way, that's something else. Um, but, and then there are those that believe that God created the world. Okay? Right? They admit that Hashem created the world. They disagree. They are they, they, now we're going to go back full circle to where we started out. They're kaifer in the hashkacha, in the fact that Hashem continues to run the world. They believe that Hashem created a world, and then the world is on autopilot, and then Hashem disappeared. I don't know what happened to him, but he's gone, and he does not run the world. And now there's no schar, there's no reward, and there's no punishment either. Rather, Hashem created the world perhaps in six days, seven days, and and then he let the world go on its own. Which um, little little uh, a little uh, pieces of this idea come up very 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 uh, pr- predominantly in in science nowadays in uh, whatever in in certain parts of science they they bring this idea they try to push this agenda a lot, which means that they they will they'll be willing to admit. That there is a God, but God has nothing to do, and everything now is happening. Fine. So these are the two issues, two types of pressure. How does a Karish Baruch, how does God, um, so to speak, prove that He is Mashkiach, He is still in control? Does anyone, can anyone give a guess? How does He prove? That he is still in control, and he still runs the world. Any, 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 any guesses? So the Ramban tells us this is the reason, the main reason why God performs miracles. God performs miracles almost, almost exclusively. Yisbar. I'll read the words inside. He creates a mephis, which means a miracle, that totally transforms the teva, the nature of the world. And it becomes very clear to everyone that Hashem is in control, and everyone else, so to speak, is forced to admit that Hashem is in control. Teaches us the the miracles teach us that Hashem still heavily involved and He involved in everyday life. 
because he can, like the flick of his, like a flick of his finger, flick of his wrist, he can just change the nature just like that. Clearly, the nature itself is being controlled by Hashem. And especially when this miracle is, so to speak, um, um, predicted, well, it's not really predicted because it's guaranteed. When the weatherman predicted, it's almost guaranteed. It's not. But when, a, an, when, when a Navi, when a, when a Navi, which is a prophet, so to speak, will call it predict, right? Predicts a miracle. And then that miracle happens exactly exactly how the Nabi, how the prophet tells us, then it's even more clear that the Nabi, the Nabi is telling over, over the word, the word of, Hashem, of Hashem, and then, and then it happens exactly the way the Nabi tells us. And now, the Ramban tells us something fascinating. Okay? So I'm going to go back to the, the questioning board, and I'm going to ask everyone. Does anyone know what the purpose... I gave everyone a hint. Everyone should get the answer. What was the purpose of Hashem bringing all these funny makars? Hashem could have killed all the Mitzrayim if he wanted to. He could have brought coronavirus and just like that, wiped away the whole Mitzrayim. He could have, I'm joking, I mean, right? Hashem could have, um, he could have just made a flood and, right, like he did right before. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. He couldn't have done a flood in the whole world, but what was the purpose of all these wacky, if I dare say, wacky, funky plagues? Right? We have blood and frogs and lice and wildlife, all these weird plagues. What was the purpose? Can anyone guess? For the Egyptians and for us. Pardon me? For the Egyptians and for us. It gave, it gave them free will, but it also... Um, provided us, it, it raised us from the 49th level of tomb of the bottom. We were at the lowest rung, and it was helping us elevate ourselves so that we could be prepared to leave Mitzrayim and to become a nation and to receive the Torah. Very good. Amazing. How? The question is, how, how did it accomplish that? What was the purpose? What did it actually do? Hey, very good. He said it. You could, I couldn't have said it better myself. Except that I'm going to, because I don't know if anyone heard you. Um, so so just, just just like she said, right, um, and and like uh, like what's the name that Joel said also, the, 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 the purpose of the markers, of course, there's a dual purpose. The main, one of the biggest functions was to punish the Egyptians, but like, Linda said, and like Joel said, the, the, one of the, the reasons why he had to do it in such a unique way was, and I'll, I'll, read, it, I'll read it to you inside, and you'll get the answer. I'll read it to Rahman. And therefore, the Torah tells us, by all the different, um, the different uh, miracles, in order so that we should know, the Hashem, and that's the Pasuk. I actually, I actually wrote it down in my notes, everyone. And we'll say in, in six of the different Makars, six times in the Makars. So it tells us, now I'll read it inside. The plague of the blood. Hashem, Hashem, oh, these are the words of Hashem. 
because for this, the plague of dam, the plague of blood, with, with this it will be known, Tiani Hashem, that I am God, by the plague of the frogs, Lamanteda, in order so that it should be known, Tiani Hashem, I am the Hashem, I am Hashem, your God. Okay, by Arai, for the wild animals, again it says, so that it should be known, that I am Hashem in the Karav Arts, um, within your land. So that it should be known, that there is no other God like me in the whole land. Okay, by Makas Abba, it says, Parak Jod, Pazik Beis, Laman Tisafer, so that Laman. Laman to Sabbath, but Osnay, Vincho, wasn't Vincho. This is not by Magazab, actually. This is in the end of last week's special. Laman, in the beginning of this week's special. Laman to Sabbath, but Osnay, Vincho, so that you should tell your children and your grandchildren, that I made a mockery of the Egyptians. And the Isaisai are the. It's in ice. The. The. Signs. The signs. Pardon me? Yeah, whatever the sign, Asher Samdivam, via datem, and that your children should know Kiani Hashem that I am the God. Okay, and uh, in in Marcus Mecharis, it says Laman Tedon Asher Yifala Hashem Ben Mitzrayim Ben Yisrael, and it should be known that Hashem separated from the Jews from the Gaim, and and on and on and on. It's the six 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 different psukim throughout the market. You have the same theme. Theme is the Hashem brought the Makos not necessarily only to punish the Egyptians, rather to show us, like, like Mrs. Fields, like Linda said, and to show the Egyptians and the world that Hashem is in control, and Hashem is the God, and Hashem is above, and nothing else, and no one else, nothing else is like Hashem. Now, man goes through many of these different psukim, and then he goes, and he talks about, so why is it so important for us to commemorate this? The reason for us to commemorate this is that the, 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 the Ramban goes and tells us that the main reason why it's so important for us to commemorate it is because God doesn't give signs to every single person and every single heretic and every single cruel, mad person and forever and ever and ever, right? That's not the way God works. God put it into the into our religion. He put it into Judaism in the beginning. Right in the beginning, when Judaism started, he put it, he made it so clear to them. And then he gave them, our forefathers, many, many myths for us to remember. that we should never forget that Hashem is always in control. And that, the Ramban says, is the reason why we were Tefillin. In the Tefillin, we put the Tefillin on our heart, so to speak, next to our heart, and we put the Tefillin on our head. And in the Tefillin that tells us, Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, the parasha of Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, the parasha of all the makos, of all these amazing, awesome miracles that happened to us. So that we should always remember, and it's connected to us, that Hashem is the one who's in charge, and Hashem runs the world. And now we understand the whole thing comes full, full circle, and it comes all, it's all one big picture. Now we understand why we have so many, why do we have so many mitzvahs? Why do we have so many commandments to commemorate Zechar Yitzit Mitzrayim? On Shabbos, by Kiddush, we say Zechar Yitzit Mitzrayim. On Yom, all the Yom and we have Zechar Yitzit Mitzrayim. 
And when we have a mezuzah, mezuzah brings, it says a mezuzah also, the parish of Shema, and we give the mezuzah a kiss every time we walk into the door. And even if you don't give it a kiss, when you walk into the door, you pass by the mezuzah. And every single time we walk into our house, walk out of our house, we always see the mezuzah and it's filling and, and tzitzit. And so many misses we have just to remind us, Zechari Tzitzvotayim, Zechari Tzitzvotayim, remembering the miracles, remembering all the amazing miracles of Egypt, all to remind us to bring out this message, this message that Hashem is still run, Hashem is in control, and Hashem runs every single aspect of this world. How do we remember that? By remembering that Yitzhak Mitzrayim was full of the miracles, full of amazing, awesome miracles. And at that time, the whole world saw so clearly through the miracles that Hashem runs the world. And we were supposed to take that message, keep it with us, and throw it, put it in our heart, and put it in our brain, in our mind, that every single thing that Hashem does, every single thing that happens in this world is from Hashem, and Hashem is in control. Hey, that's it. Does that tie back to the concept of Amuna? That, that's Amuna. So that, I don't know if I was, uh, I thought it was clear. That's the second aspect of Amuna. The first aspect of Amuna is Shabbos. We talk about Shabbos a lot. And I don't, uh, Shabbos, we know. Shabbos, when Akash Bochu created the world. Hashem created the world on six days. He rested on the seventh day. Shabbos, right? That's what we have Shabbos for. So remember, Hashem created the world. And the second aspect of Amuna Hashem continues to run the world, and he has hashkacha process in involved in everyday life. And that's how it ties back to Emunah. Tefillin is, is Emunah. Tefillin tells us Emunah, screams at us to remember that Hashem, right, you see it, it's right. I don't know if, if we all think about that. And if, if anyone goes, opens up an article sitter, none by the way now, if anyone, wants to, if anyone has anywhere to go, um, 